Hi, and welcome to Top in Tech, a Global Council podcast. My name's Conan Darcy. I'm a Senior Practice Director at Global Council. We're going to do something slightly different this time. We're going to turn our format into weekly episodes with one member of the tech, media, and telecoms team. And we're going to talk about what we think is the most topical issue in tech policy from the week before. And I'm delighted this week that Gomman Wankwo from our DC office is going to talk us through a very recent development in US antitrust policy as it applies to the tech sector. Only last week, a federal judge rejected the FTC's request to block Meta's acquisition of Within Unlimited. Now, Gomma is going to talk us through why this matters and what might happen next. So, Gomma, if we can just jump straight into it, can you just give viewers a little bit of an understanding around why this case is significant? So what happened, but also why does it matter? Yeah, so as you said, Conan, what happened was we had a U.S. district judge in California who rejected the SEC's request to prevent Manor from proceeding with its acquisition of the virtual reality startup within a limited. And the judge also separately issued a temporary restraining order preventing Meta from closing the transaction for one week while the FTC essentially decides whether to appeal the ruling. And for listeners who may be a little less familiar with the case, the FTC sued Meta in July of last year to temporarily block this deal. And in August, the agency filed to fully block the acquisition in its in-house administrative court. So we kind of have like a dual track process going on here. And the FTC now has to decide whether to proceed with its in-house trial, which is set to begin on February 13th, despite the ruling. And this is a very interesting junction for the FTC to be at because in the past, what we've observed is antitrust regulators abandoning such administrative litigation once a federal judge denies the request for an injunction. But the agency under the leadership of Lena Khan may take an unconventional approach. Khan has noticeably taken a more interventionist approach to vertical mergers than her predecessors. Now, concerning the significance of the case, the case has received quite a bit of attention because the agency is essentially basing their entire case on a theory of competition harm that focuses on potential future competition. In this case, it has to do with the emerging VR fitness app market. And this is an approach to competition that has been largely untested in the U.S. courts. So taking a step back, Within Unlimited offers a VR-dedicated fitness app called Supernatural, and Meta currently does not. And the FTC's argument here is that Meta would use Within's offerings, essentially compete in the market instead of answering with its own VR-dedicated fitness app. So in its original filing, the agency argued that Meta has the resources to produce its own product and to enter the market, and yet the company opted to buy market position instead of earning it on its own merit, essentially lessening competition in the market. And to take a step further, the FTC also argues that the barriers to entry to develop a VR-dedicated fitness app will essentially prevent any other potential competitors from answering if a major household name like Meta were to acquire within. But more broadly, 
FTC really saw this as a way to finally sort of press pause on what it views as a repeat of the company, um, acquiring small up-and-coming would-be rivals to dominate um, a market. And all of this is incredibly significant because what we typically observe in antitrust and competition law is regulators and enforcers waiting until there is clear evidence that harm has been caused or regulators focusing on markets that are already very well established and where market entry would stifle competition. Right. So what we're seeing here is a whole new way in which the FTC and the US administration wants to try and approach tech policy in antitrust. And I suppose this draws on this debate we've seen over decades now that on the one hand tech is moving so quickly and evolving extremely quickly so that large market shares can be developed rapidly but at the same time competition antitrust policy is conventionally quite slow so what Khan and others are trying to do albeit this time in merger control is to pilot new ways of making judgments here about how competition should or should not happen in digital spheres. So let's just go to a more specific element of this, Agomma. We've talked a lot on this podcast about the metaverse and regulation of the metaverse. What is the relevance of this decision to policy debates around the development of the metaverse? Yeah, so the ruling does have a few implications for immersive technologies and the metaverse more broadly. In global councils regulating the metaverse report, the regulators and policymakers that we spoke with were particularly worried about the market power of big tech and how that may result in them dominating the next wave of technology. And a lot of the sentiment among policymakers was provoked by their experiences in Web 2.0. So there is very real concern and apprehension among policymakers about the potential for larger companies to secure dominant market positions in emerging metaverse-related industries. So the FCC's laws may actually intensify a lot of their worries, especially in the U.S. context. Uh, There are a lot of questions being asked about what does this mean for the FCC's ability, like you said, to use merger control in the future, uh, how can the FTC or the antitrust division of the Department of Justice play a role in ensuring that there is healthy competition in the next wave of technology? We've talked a bit there about how the decision by the federal judge could affect the course of development in the metaverse or the VR, AR, XR, however you want to describe that part of the tech ecosystem. But what's the broader significance of the case, is this likely to dent the confidence and the approach of the FTC more broadly? So this case is certainly a major setback for the FTC, especially because it marks the first high-profile legal tests of this theory of potential competition harm that the agency is trying to prove. But Chairwoman Lena Khan has noted that the agency must be willing to lose some court cases. So This is unlikely to deter the agency's approach. If anything, I would say that they're learning from the experience and pivoting accordingly. So for example, they may not have a better understanding of the types of evidence that they need to bring forth to prove that a company's entry into the market 
with stifle competition. So the lack of evidence was actually a major point for the federal judge on the case. But I think that the case more broadly signifies that the U.S. government is turning up the heat, so to speak, um, when it comes to competition and does not appear to be backing down. So if we look at the U.S. competition policy landscape, what we are seeing is lawmakers and regulators alike recognizing the dominance of big tech and the need to really regulate the markets in a way that promotes competition. So, for example, Jonathan Cantor at the Department of Justice is a strong ally of Lena Khan and is a key member of the Biden administration. And the DOJ is pushing forward on its own antitrust reform agenda. Uh, and the DOJ has actually brought a number of high profile antitrust actions against companies such as Google. Um, but again, this is the first major loss for the SEC which is okay, but I think that if we start to see repeated losses, we may begin to see the agency's reputation take a major hit. And it is that interesting interplay between the specific grounds and justification for each case playing into that broader confidence that regulatory authorities have to cope with. So we've seen on the European side, the European Commission has lost a few cases in and around how antitrust and competition policy can be applied to tax and corporate tax and the certain different tax rates that corporates enjoyed in different countries in Europe. And there has been a slight diminishing of DG Comp and the European Commission in this regard as a result of those cases. And that isn't just felt in those cases around state aid and tax, that's felt more broadly in the confidence of that, that regulatory body to continue prosecuting cases, and in particular, prosecuting ambitious cases, which I think is what you're saying is Lena Khan has been trying to do here. Let's go to perhaps what is more a conventional case here, Agoma. Microsoft is attempting to purchase Activision Blizzard. Do you see many parallels here between the case for Meta and Within Unlimited and then Microsoft Activision? I suppose I'm asking you, does this mean that the FTC is going to be reduced in its confidence and its ability to prosecute that particular transaction because of what's just happened with the federal judge. Yeah, so as you said, this is a more of a traditional case compared to what we saw with Meta and Within. Uh, but I do think that there are some implications that we should look at. So just like the Meta case, the uh, suit itself for the Meta Activision case is another clear signal from the agency that any big tech company looking to purchase a smaller one should be wary because the agency is quite active and interventionist, as, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, I will also say that the ruling in the Meta case indicates an uphold battle for the FCC as the agency, you know, strives to limit tech industry consolidation, uh, especially, it's especially an uphold battle if the agency doesn't do an adequate job of gathering evidence that upholds or meets the court standards. Goba, can we now just finalize by going back to that question of the metaverse? So we would take from this case, regardless of what happens with the administrative court, that there is a likelihood that it's going to be harder for the FTC to intervene via merger control to, to, to shape the development of the metaverse to avoid there being a dominance by large tech companies in these new technologies. 
So what do we think that means? Does that mean that big tech is going to reign unchallenged to develop these markets with impunity? Or do you see other checks and balances that might come into play? No, I don't think that this means that in the metaverse that big tech companies will reign unchallenged. Uh, this is not the be-all, end-all. As I mentioned, it's only the FTC's first major loss under Lena Khan and this new test case of potential competition. But I do think that it signals that it's more likely to be in Europe through legislative vehicles such as the Digital Markets Act so rather than in the U.S., where market power concerns about the metaverse are more likely to play out, um, especially at the beginning. I think that the U.S. bill has a lot to figure out. We don't have similar legislative vehicles or frameworks in place, but that's certainly not for a lack of trying. Uh, oftentimes we just see, what we see is that the politics can further complicate the situation than is probably necessary. Okay, great. Well, look, Thank you so much uh, for taking us through that, Gomma. We're going to keep a very, very close eye on this case as it unfolds. And likewise, as the regulatory debate, both around digital competition policy more broadly, but also how it specifically applies to the nascent technologies that we refer to as the metaverse, unfolds over the coming years and decades. So just to thank everyone on the line, as always, if you, your business or your investment are exposed to the trends that we've discussed today, so digital competition or the metaverse, please don't hesitate to get in touch. You can find our contact details and the details of the wider Global Council team at www.global-council.com or via the link in the podcast notes below. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.